The Social Screenwriters Podcast. The Social Screenwriters Podcast. The Social Screenwriters Podcast. Where Andy talks to people he met on the internet. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 28 of the Social Screenwriters Podcast. I am your host, Andy Compton, and today on the show we have a very special guest. Her name is Joya McCrory. Joya is a comedy writer from Detroit, Michigan. She studied screenwriting at UCLA. She, in 2020 to 2021, was in the WBTV Writers Workshop. She's an alumni. And currently, she is a story editor editor on one of my favorite shows on television right now, Abbott Elementary. I'm sure many of you have seen it. I'm sure if you've seen it, you probably love it because it's kind of like one of those shows that how do you not like it? It's um, it's funny. It's sweet. It's uh, got great characters, um, everything. It's, it's just a nice like escape from all the bullshit that we've been going through, not just not just in life in general, but like, especially the last three years. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about. So it's been really, really nice. Just like tuning out of all that for me and watching Abbott because it's just like really lighthearted kind of fun. Um, anyway, we're going to get into her work here in just a second. I'm so honored to have her on the show because like I said, that's one of my favorite shows on television. Um, but first I wanted to tell you guys, I have a short film out that I released about two weeks ago called CAPTCHA. It's a sci-fi thriller horror comedy short film. That's what I'm branding it as. Uh, it's a bunch of different genres, but, um, it's nine minutes. It's not like, it's nothing too crazy, but, um, yeah, if you guys want to check it out, it's basically the story of a paranoid young man who comes home to find his roommate is having trouble solving an internet CAPTCHA. And this leads him to suspect that he might be living with a robot. Um, it's funny. It's stupid. When we started the thing, my goal was to make the dumbest episode of Black Mirror that anyone has ever seen. And I think we achieved that because it's very dumb, but it, it tries to take itself serious at the same time. Um, if you'd like to go check that out and on my YouTube channel where you can find that, you can also find my last short film, Ethan and Edna. Um, subscribe to the channel, guys. It's uh, I'm trying to make more like behind the scenes kind of filmmaking content like basically like how i did this how i did that just because i know like starting out making short films it's kind of tough and i think i've made four now and a bunch of sketches um i don't really count those but i've made four like legit trying really really hard short films and um so i feel like at this point i have a little bit of knowledge to offer and i just kind of want to do this i just dropped a script to screen video for the opening scene of CAPTCHA that I kind of want to do more of just so people can see like how much, you know, what you see on the screen is different from the script sometimes. Um, I also want to do like some commentary tracks. I think I'm going to have like the composer and the post sound person uh, from CAPTCHA on to do a commentary track just about sound. And then I want to have the cinematographer and the gaffer on to do just talking about camera and light. Um, and then I want to have the actors on just to talk about, you know, performance and, you know, learning lines and all that stuff, all the good stuff that actors want to talk about. But, um, yeah, anyway, that's a plan for the future. Go subscribe to the channel, Andy Compton on YouTube. I'd really appreciate it. And that's it for me, guys. Um, if you like what you hear in this podcast, please shout us out on Twitter or Instagram at social writer pod. Uh, really appreciate the interaction and guys that's it let's hop on into the episode with joya mccrory all right miss joya mccrory it's so nice to have you on the show uh for people listening who don't know me and joya know each other on twitter from like maybe like a handful of interactions not much at all so like we're gonna get to know each other today uh sometimes the guests i bring on here i kind of know a little bit but um it'll be cool talking to you and getting to know you here yeah, looking forward to it. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so also for people who don't know, Joya is uh, in a very coveted position for a lot of us screenwriters. She is working on one of the best shows in television right now, one of my favorite shows, Abbott Elementary, where she's currently a story editor, correct? Yes. That's so awesome. I can't wait to talk about that. I'm so psyched to have you here today. And I know that a lot of people who listen to the podcast are going to be very excited because like, 
if you don't like Abbott Elementary, I really question like what what's going on in you? Like what what is that <laughs> that like doesn't love this show? It's like so heartwarming and funny and sweet and um I mean also sp- the thing I really love about Abbott is that, like it's it's all that it's silly it's funny it's endearing but it also kind of speaks on some real things i don't want to spoil anything but a lot of like real life predicaments that public school teachers can find themselves in especially in you know um lower income area schools uh and i just thought that i think you guys are just doing such a brilliant job i'm such a fan wanted to fanboy for a minute and get that out of the way up top and then i won't do it anymore i promise thank you (laughs) Of course. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, so cool. Joya, so like up top, uh, also you are a comedy writer from Detroit. Um, I'm coincidentally wearing a Michigan hat today. I see that. Uh, Yeah, and I was born in Lansing, actually. Oh, Michigan State Territory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. I don't know much. We moved away when I was like two, so I don't really know much. I'll forget um, Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, you went to university of Michigan, uh, and you also studied screenwriting at UCLA. You were a w- WBTV writers workshop alum in 2020, 2021, which I'd love to talk about more too. Cause I'm sure that was interesting in that specific time frame of, you know, coming out of 2020. Um, so yeah, but before we get into all that stuff, I'd love to just start at the beginning and ask, how'd you get into screenwriting? Yeah. I mean, I have always wanted to be some form of a writer pretty much my entire life. So I started off writing short stories in college. I wrote short stories, but uh, for some reason, I thought I wanted to get into entertainment journalism because I thought that might be a little more uh, responsible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I I used to watch a lot of Best Week Ever. And like I saw that the people who were on that were entertainment journalists. Like, oh, I can do that because I love pop culture and entertainment. I love writing. I can combine those. So Mm -hmm. I started interning and working at um, newspapers. But then I graduated right when the economy crashed. And also when print journalism was pretty much not a thing anymore. So um, I quickly realized that that wasn't really going to be a viable career. And then I interned at a, a weekly newspaper and, and really finally got to experience what it meant to be a journalist. And I realized I actually did not want to be a journalist at all because it's mm-hmm. not creative enough. I couldn't make things up unless I went to go work for a tabloid. So I just kind of moved back home during that recession and thought about what I could do. And I think all of my short stories compared to my classmates in college were very mainstream they're very straightforward i think everyone else is just full of metaphors for whatever they were going through it's like hey maybe i could maybe this would make a good screenplay Mm -hmm. so i bought save the cat and i wrote my first short little sketch almost um okay i don't think this is too bad so i i googled and i found that ucla has a professional program in screenwriting which is just a one-year certificate program so i thought i would apply and see if i could get in I applied. I got in. Uh, I packed up and moved to L.A. despite only having visited once when I was in the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it was quite wow. an insane thing to do. But yeah. I moved here and I said I would give it a year to see if I liked screenwriting, if I liked L.A. And that was 12 years ago. Oh, awesome. So it worked out. It worked out eventually. (laughs) That's cool. And that's so funny too, because I've had, um, I haven't had a ton of people on this show, but we're up in like the mid twenties, almost 30 guests. And uh, so uh, like almost half started out with an interest in journalism. And I did too. Like I kind of had an unconventional path where I didn't start college until like 27. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was like, what do I want to do with my life? I was sick of working like, you know, regular jobs i knew i wanted to do something more and uh i was like journalism i i feel like i have a knack for writing maybe i could do that maybe i'll do journalism and i left that program for the same exact reason as you as it just wasn't as creative as i hoped and like honestly <clears throat> i feel like with journalism now especially you know if you're going to get into anything political it's like you have to choose a bias and stick to that bias, the voice of the company for which you work for, not always like what's in your heart. And I was like, man, that kind of sucks because, you know, I, I don't know. It's almost like selling your soul. If you're, you know, uh, 
someone who wants to be a artist, you know, and all that shit. So uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, I I was the same way. But it's funny, the correlation between journalism, aspiring people who go to screenwriting late. Yeah, I blame the uh, the rom-coms of the early 00s. Everyone was a journalist. And you're like, oh, that's a cool job to have. (laughs) That's so true. Yeah, that is such a cliche. Um, Cool. Okay, so let's hop into like your brand. Uh, Every screenwriter loves this question. Uh, yeah 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 for sure yeah no sarcasm at all um so joya how would you describe your brand um i i don't love that question because i i feel like (laughs) i don't know i think i think the things that i am good at and known for i mean and known by like the avid writers room and my manager (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah and i think i'm really good with pop culture and kind of more current things and a very witty dialogue because I am a very sarcastic person. So that always comes through. And I think story-wise, the stories that I like to tell are about um, just kind of people discovering their identity in a, like a slightly weird but heartfelt way. So I think I like to sneak the heart, the feels in a little bit. So at the surface, it will be something that's totally snarky, but if you flip it over, there's some heart to it. I love that. That's kind of what I'm going for too. Like I read a lot in like the dramedy space and I feel like that's the perfect vehicle for that. It's like, it's funny, but also you try to sneak some moments in there where people are like, Oh my God, I'm, I have tears in my eyes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's always the goal. Um, cool. Yeah. I kind of saw a, a sort of description of that too, on your bio, on your website. And I thought I just wanted to say like that one sentence description you have, I just loved, I just, it, it summed up what I want to be as a writer, but, um, Okay, cool. So now we'll just kind of talk writing like craft. Um, and we'll talk about since everyone's routine is different, like when you sit down to write, what is it usually like for you? Like, are you a morning writer, nighttime writer, any time of day because you're chaotic and that's just what it is? Do you like to drink coffee when you write? Like, how you know, how does it usually go for you? Uh, I am in the more chaotic lane, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, mm. I'm in the more just whatever it takes to get it done. I don't like to go to coffee shops i mm. um i feel so so i feel very self-conscious when i go to this coffee shop and i'm working on a screenplay and i just feel like i'm being such a cliche right now let me, me go too. home <laughs> me too i'm sure it's even crazier in la where everyone's writing a screenplay at the coffee shop yeah and yeah. i so i usually just stay at home and I I have a desk and I have an office now, but I normally will find myself on my couch <laughs> just uh, typing away as needed. And yeah. um, I like, I'm a big fan of iced coffee at any time of the year. Um, at, if it's late at night, I might crack open a, a nice IPA, but then it, it gets silly. So <laughs> I have to be careful. If I'm writing a silly scene, it's fine. But if it's a, you know, a more... Serious scene, I'll have to go back in the morning when I'm a little more sober and like, okay, that was not as hilarious as you thought it was. <laughs> right. Right. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Uh cool. Um, so like I guess I kind of wanted to talk about like the process of like how did you get to Abbott? Like what what was that road like? I'm sure it probably maybe had something to do with the WBTV writers workshop. Um, yes. but how did, how did that go? So like when, when, around when was it that you left the screenwriting program at UCLA? And I'm sure from there, it just kind of like naturally progresses to where you are today. Um, yes, you could say that. I mean, it definitely was a, a 10 year journey. So I finished the UCLA program in 2011. And mm-hmm. I assumed like most people do when they first start off, like this screenplay is going to get me where I need to be immediately. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> it's sure. so yeah. great. It's the best thing anyone has ever written. And yeah. um, <laughs> that was not the case. So after mm-hmm. I finished the program, I so I'm a really big advocate of people learning the business. So I did it that way via interning at a production company. And so I learned how to do coverage and kind of just really learned all about the development process, which is something I still love. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I really actively avoided getting a full-time job for a very long time because I didn't want, it was a lot of reasons, but I didn't really want to be to a, to a set schedule. But yeah. then, you know, finally when like, three years and like, okay, it's kind of hard to pay bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at that time, I don't have a choice anymore. Yeah. 
the internships were actually unpaid back then. So I ended up getting a job as a page at Paramount. So that was mm. kind of a half, it wasn't a full-time job, it was a part-time job. I'm like, okay, they pay me and then I can still do my own thing. So mm. I gave tours of the lot. And if you do it long enough, they will eventually place you into a full-time position. So I ended up, I did that for two years and they placed me into uh, a position in HR and learning and development, which the dream, obviously. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I had a great team there and the work, I could do it. So I ended up kind of getting stuck there. And with, with the, the downside of having a full-time job is I got complacent. I could pay my bills and then I forgot to write probably for like six years. So, uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah. So then I think I finally, like, I think my seventh year, I think the 10 year anniversary was approaching and I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not move to LA to work in HR for a movie studio. So that's when I started to write again and I started to focus on applying to the fellowship. So in 2019, I applied to the Disney fellowship and I made it to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, so maybe TV writing, because I used to only focus on features and then I pivoted to TV and went, maybe TV writing is better, what I'm better at. So yeah. And um, to 20, I applied again. So I just, yeah, 2020 was a wild year for everyone. So I kind of got off social media and just decided to apply to a bunch of fellowships. So I applied to the CBS, what, what it was called back then, NBC, mm-hmm. and then WB. And mm-hmm. I ended up only getting into the WB Writers Workshop. Mm-hmm. And that's a six-month program. So after you finish, you do... It's a it's a great program. It was a great program. Um, so after the oh, six did months, they did they dismantle it? They did the version that I did. So I think they're gonna rebuild it, but we'll see what happens with that. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So when you finish it, they set you up on staffing meetings. So I took a few of those, and my last one was with Habit. So I got offered a job in my staffing meeting interview. So that was that. In the interview, they were like, "Do you want to come and do this?" Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I thought that was so amazing. That's it so was awesome. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's super cool. Um, yeah, yeah. It's too bad about some of these fellowship programs. I feel like WB isn't the only one in recent years that have kind of like pivoted and taken away funding from certain fellowships. And it's just a shame to see. Um, but was that a paid thing for six months? Like, did they give you money to just say, hey, just write? you know, we'll give you a little bit of money. Like, no, <laughs> no. Okay. Cause I know I, I always wanted universal. Uh, I think it was the universal program and they paid you. I'm, I'm 99% sure that's what it was. And I was like, well, that would be awesome. Yeah. I think it would have been nice to get paid, but it was after we met after work hours. So you could keep your, your daytime job. And then oh, the yeah. perks of the program were that they cover your staff salary for the first year. So that is the incentive for people to hire you. So that's why their program has such a high staffing success rate. Oh, that's cool. That's so awesome. That's a really unique way of doing it. That's like a great idea. Whoever came up with that at WB, just like take the weight off of the show, help a writer get their foot in the door and let them bloom bloom from there. Uh, I love that. That's super cool. Uh, okay. So, and have you been on since season one? That yes. You have, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So there from the beginning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's talk about like your process because I think I saw too that well you mentioned that you used to focus on features. Um, do you still kind of exist in both worlds? Are you still ever like you know after a long day of Abbott being like I might open that feature spec and work on that a little bit? Yeah, I I quickly learned my brain did not have enough capacity to work on things outside of Abbott while we're in season, just because we're working on three or four scripts at once. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. But afterwards, like we're on hiatus now, so my goal is to crank out a feature or most of our outline at least until we go back, go back and. So hopefully, I in my ideal career, I want to exist in both worlds because I mm-hmm. love movies as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, how long is your hiatus typically? Um, this one hopefully is just a few months, but we'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you're picked up for season three, right? 
Yeah, uh, it just depends yeah. on what happens with the writer's guild strike. And oh, yeah, all yeah, that. yeah. Oh, that little thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're totally yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't think about that. Um, no, that's funny. Uh, okay, yeah. So, you know, you live in both of these worlds. So I wanted to talk about your process. Like, let's say that you have a brand new idea um, and you're in a hiatus period where you can actually do something about it. Uh, do you, what's the first thing that you do when you have a brand new idea? Like, oh man, I think that might be something. Do you like jump into an outline? Do you like just write a quick log line? Are you a title person? I'm weird about needing a title. I'm like, I really want to have a title. Just, I don't want to have this document titled untitled. It drives me nuts. <laughs> uh, or do you just start writing pages? Like I'm going to write, you know, the scene that takes place on page 40, because that's what's like jumping out of my mind right now. What's it usually like for you when you first have an idea? I'm usually concept first, and then I just start to take a lot of notes and think about what 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 will the characters be that exist in this world, mm -hmm. and then then titles come. I keep a documented this potential title, so I'll go to that and see if any can fit. Or I'm not good at titles. I will be the first person to say <laughs> titles are not my strengths. They're hard. Um, they're, it usually is very. Uh, I call it what it is. I have a, a pilot called dating, and you know, there's just I feel like I used to try to come up with really unique titles, almost like, I don't know, like Wes Anderson-y kind of titles. I, I'm not that that was, I'm just saying that as an example, but, um, but I've found like, yeah, those like dating stuff like that, like that's usually the shit that gets on the air or, you know, gets made. It's like, they want it to just be something that audiences can see the title and know what they're getting into. So I've kind of like gotten away from the more artsy titles and just been like just call it what it is and hope that that makes it easier <laughs> yeah I'll like a plane that new that new gerard butler movie called plane is fucking hilarious <laughs> when i saw the title at the end of the trailer i was dying i was like yes yeah that's all it is the plane movie <laughs> yeah um yeah so title comes whenever i think mm -hmm. i it's just so i have so many notes and then i'll try to i'll make a playlist that takes up a lot of time <laughs> it's just mm -hmm. procrastination yeah. um are these just songs that just make you feel like you're in the vibe of that story yeah and then uh well it'll get more refined because in my head i'm also a music supervisor that's my dream dream job so i'll oh, nice. make an actual soundtrack of what song should be playing at each scene once i get into the actual scenes but yeah. eventually i'll move and i'll write out the major beats I was not a big outline person until I was forced to be working on television. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to talk about that uh, just a little bit, just because like, I think, yeah, I don't know um, <laughs> if you're, if you're really in the, like the trenches of the screenwriting Twitter bullshit, but like every couple months, someone will say some super controversial opinion. That's not even, it, it's an opinion about writing and the internet blows up. But a lot of times it's about outlining and, you know, half of Twitter seems to believe in outlining and the other half doesn't. Um, so it's interesting hearing that from you because I've gone back and forth of no outline at all when I started because I just didn't know what I was doing. And then I was like, oh, you have to be a professional and professionals outline. So I started really outlining every single scene. And then I got to a point where I'm like, I think I find some of my most creative stuff when I'm just like freestyle and just like writing and being like, what would happen next? And it's just like, I get a really good idea that I never would have come up with in the outline stage. Uh, so now I'm kind of like what you said, big beats. And then I leave a lot of open space. Um, but how hard was that transition for you? Cause TV is like, you're outlining every single scene, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, I haven't yet applied my TV outlining approach to my feature. So I'll, I'll let you know the next couple of weeks, how it's going. But okay. I think <laughs> when I, I, I used to be a slow writer when writing features or even TV before I outlined, and that is probably the number one reason why. So I think writing on Abbott, we have five business days to write an entire episode of television. Wow. That's um, how it works. huh? Yeah. And that's with the outline, but our outlines are so comprehensive. So I'm like, Oh, okay. So this is how you write best. So you put all this on the outline and then you can just get it done. And I think yeah. when you, I did the major beats, I like, I used to, Oh, I love to like get the feel of what the characters want to do. So that's Yeah. And then that also leads to weeks and weeks of just having to go back and change things. And yeah. 
yeah. you know, instead of just finishing it and then going back to write. So I think mm-hmm. I, I do, I, I observe Twitter and the arguments and I like grab my popcorn and look at it and laugh, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah. no need to chime in because I think people just have to learn the hard way. If you, with TV features, I suppose you can do whatever you want to. It, mm-hmm. I mean, not really, because if you want to get paid, you're going to have to write that outline, but yeah, or treatments <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a necessary evil. And I think yeah. I, had to learn the hard way in the WB writers workshop because they really teach you the things that you're going to have to experience as a working writer. So they would, mm-hmm. I used, I got in there like, you know, I'll figure it out once I start writing. And that's not, you're going to figure it out now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But when I got into the Abbott writers room, my showrunner was like, great, you, you know, you're doing a good job. So it wasn't such a, a terrible transition trying to learn how to outline. Oh, that's good. That, that would be such a relief to hear those words from the showrunner and be like, thank you. I was so yeah. nervous that I'm not doing a good job. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's really interesting. So like, uh, so you have like your notes process, your title process, and then you jump into your outline and you're just kind of doing big beats. Um, what, like, at what point do you think, like, like how long does an outlining period usually go on for you? Like, you know, is it just a few weeks? Could it be a couple months? Um, I know every project's different, but. Uh, ideally a couple weeks so yeah. i'm in it right now so i'm supposed to have a synopsis done for my next feature today so oh perfect uh, thank you for so meeting I, with me and eating some time out of that day oh uh, my manager if you're listening to this if it's late explain this podcast not <laughs> yeah, the fact yeah, that it. i have not started writing it at all um, absolutely yeah <laughs> um but yeah it takes a couple of weeks and I think the goal for this next feature is to see how fast I can write it and not spend three months writing it. Hopefully just a couple of weeks, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. For me with, I'm, I'm primarily a feature writer. I've, like I have a pilot and I would take a TV writing job in a heartbeat. Totally would. But um, my heart is really in features and, um, and it, yeah, I, I am a slower feature writer. Like you said, you used to be, um usually for me it's like from concept to getting it done it's like maybe four months maybe and that's for a first draft um but i do feel like i'm a person who i i really put a lot into my first draft i'm not someone who can just power through and be like i'll fix it later uh to my own hindrance i think i'm like you if i don't have this right now then the next 30 40 50 pages aren't gonna make sense if i don't fix this thing and get it right uh because it's that ripple effect Mm-hmm. Um, and it drives me nuts and I think it drives my manager nuts too, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's all good. Uh, managers don't listen to my podcast. Uh, but, um, so on average, um, the outlining takes like two weeks on average, like from the moment you start the outline to typing the end on, you know, you can say a pilot or you can say uh, a feature. Cause I'm sure with Abbott, like you said, it's streamlined, it's five days. Um, but like on your own feature or something, uh, or an original pilot on average from the beginning of outlining to typing the end, how long do you think that usually takes for you? Probably a pilot would be like three months. Mm -hmm. I can say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that a half hour? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, any feature time? Features take a little longer. <laughs> Features probably take six months, but yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. I mean, to get it right, and also like you're working, you know, uh, yeah. around that feature, uh, for sure. Okay, so when a first draft is complete, what what is the first thing that you do? Do you like to send it to like some trusted peers? Do you like to do another revision on your own and don't let anyone see it? Put it away for a while. Do you immediately send it to reps or do you like to clean it up first? Uh, like, what's it like for you usually the minute you finish um, a draft? I have a, a writer's group, so uh, mm-hmm. I will send it to them and mm-hmm. they give pretty good notes. And I'll also send it to my manager because she also gives good notes and we'll clean it up before or if we decide to send it to my my agent, TV agent mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. But they have notes, so yeah. I think... I try to be, I don't want to send it to too many people because if you get too many notes, then, you know, it just becomes a whole ordeal about, you can get stuck that way. So 
Yeah. Uh, my writers group is probably they get the first stuff, and then we we meet weekly, so they also get pieces of it anyway, so they can kind of let me know how it's progressing as I write it too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, big advocate for the writers group, um, and I think that's cool that you mentioned that too because I think early on there can be conflicting advice about like you know yeah take notes from everyone you want to make your scripts you know as good as you can take them from everyone and like the further you get into the process and the more sets of sometimes bad notes that you get from some once you learn to uh differentiate good notes and bad notes uh you can see that not everyone's notes are going to be good for you and like yeah having that trusted group of people that you you know are good they understand you and what you're trying to do. It's, it's just infinitely helpful, helpful to not like, like muddy the waters of, uh, cause a, a couple sets of bad notes can fuck up your whole, like you can just start questioning the project in general. Like maybe I just need to shelve this. Maybe it's just not good. And it's, and that's not always the case. Sometimes you send it to a couple people who just do not understand what you're trying to do. And, uh, yeah, so that writer's group is great. I need to find a new one. I used to be in one and it kind of fizzled out as they do sometimes. So I'm going to try to find a new one. Let me be in yours. No, I'm just kidding. It'd be, it'd be super <laughs> I found awkward. mine on uh, actually re screenwriting Reddit many, many oh, years ago. <laughs> no way. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't get on to screenwriting Reddit too much. I've even heard that it's like, it's kind of wild over there. Like sometimes more wild than screenwriting Twitter. I just like to lurk, so I'll, I'll lurk anywhere. You won't actually see me actively participating, but I just want to see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that's cool. That's actually the way you should do it. Uh, awesome. So um, do, coming up, did you do contests at all outside of fellowship, uh, like submitting to fellowships? A little bit. I dabbled in it, and then I, I have never won any contest whatsoever yeah. when it comes to screenwriting. So I think I quickly realized I couldn't use my money doing other things, having fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so I, expensive. It is, and I think I, I have a certain view of contests, and I think if people like to apply to them, and if getting those honors help you and kind of help you move your career along, go for it. But I think if, when I've seen people spending way too much money on contests, like if you don't have it, do not spend money on these contests. Like it's okay. You can find other ways in. Absolutely. I actually, funny enough, I always, I played the contest game pretty hard. I probably spent like, like around, like over two grand over like two and a half years of submitting to a lot of contests. And for me though, being like located in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, contests were kind of like the way in for me, I thought, cause I was like, I'm just not in LA. I feel so disconnected from that world. Um, I'm going to try contests and I tried and I had a little bit of success here and there. And then, um, eventually it did work out for me to where that's how I got my manager from just like placing as a semi-finalist in the nickel. Um, which that's a contest where you don't even have to win. You can just do kind of well and still get a little buzz. Um, but then funny enough in December of 2021, I, I, I always use these contests. Like this is how I'm going to find a manager. And as many writers believe, once I find a manager, it's just going to be glitz and glamor and money from that point on, which I learned wasn't the case. And I love my manager and we're doing well together, but like it, it's a longer process. But um, but I, I ended up winning a contest, uh, the script pipeline contest, and the prize money was like twenty five hundred bucks. And it's so funny because it was basically the exact amount that I had been spending for the past two and a half years <laughs> on contests. So it was just kind of a wash and I ended up getting my money back. And I won that like literally the same week that I got signed by a manager. So I already had a manager too. So it's like, finally, whenever I got that contest win that was going to open the doors, I had already had the thing I wanted and it was just kind of hilarious timing. But, um, but I agree. Like, I, I think if you're outside of LA and outside of that world and you don't really have connections or anything, contests are viable, but I, you know, I've said it before on the podcast, like I have a list of contests that I think are trustworthy and then will actually move the needle on your career. And if anyone wants that, you can just like DM the podcast account or something. And I'll tell you, um, I don't want to give them all free advertising. They should pay me if they want the, those shout outs. But, um, but yeah, like they can be useful, but I agree with you. They're so fucking expensive. And uh, you know, the, a lot, there's some that are like, you know, the, 
LA superstar screenwriting contest that <laughs> even if you win, it's not going to do shit for you. And they're still going to charge you 70 bucks to submit. So just do your homework. Um, but okay, cool. So let's talk about, uh, Joy's personal life a little bit. Uh, what are your hobbies outside of screenwriting that help keep you sane? Um, I really enjoy music. So, uh, and <laughs> discovering music. So I go to a lot of concerts and music festivals. Um, I guess I hang out with my dog when he's not spending his time staring out the window as he's, doing <laughs> as right he's now. been for like 30 <laughs> minutes straight. He has not flinched. <laughs> um, I play video games sometimes. If there's a new Zelda, Grand Theft Auto, or Mario game, I'll hop back on and spend hours of my life doing that. So, yeah, when That's GTA 6 it. comes out, it's going to like ruin a lot of writing careers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to get derailed. Um, no, that's cool. That's awesome. Uh, that's very low key and Zen sounds like, um, awesome. So this is always a fun question. Uh, I'm going to make you choose one of your children of the scripts that you've written, which is your favorite and why? Um, I feel like it's a feature that I wrote and I come to terms with the, that it'll never be turned into a movie and I think now I like that but it, it's a feature that I wrote that is meant to be the high school version of Chasing Amy if you've seen oh, that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Without the more problematic moments of that movie. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So I, and I think it's just that when I go back and read it I enjoy reading it and hmm. I don't know if that makes me, whatever. I like reading it. I like my writing. Um, yeah, I'm, like I'm the, the same world. way. I'm the same way. Yeah, we're allowed to say that here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the world that I built in that in that comedy, and I think just it's such it has such a good vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think whenever I'm feeling kind of rough, I'll go back to it and I'm like, yeah, I did this, and it exists. So I'm glad that I, I did it. It's it's called Lesby Friends, and <laughs> which is probably the one creative title I've ever had. And some that's a great that title. <laughs> yeah, that's a great title. It's an unforgettable title. It, it stands out. Yeah. And it also marks the moment. I think I used to, in my earlier work, I wrote, I wanted to distance myself from the works for some unknown reason. I don't know. I don't know where I got that idea from, but that was Uh my last project with a male uh, protagonist. And so Mm -hmm. so okay, now I should probably start writing as a woman from a woman's POV because that's what I am. So that's so funny. You started with male protagonists and then eventually see like, I started with male protagonists and I was always intimidated about writing uh female protagonists just because it's like, it's not my life experience. And like, I, you know, just not thinking I was capable of doing that. Uh, but then eventually the, the sample that's gotten me kind of all of the things that I've all the success, a little bit of success that I've had so far um, is with a female protagonist. So it's like, once I stepped outside of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. I ended up writing something that was better than what I'd written before, arguably. Um, but that's interesting for you to be the opposite and be writing males and then be like, well, you know, maybe I'll take a stab at the thing that I, I am a a member of that community, (laughs) uh, (laughs) for sure. Okay, cool. So, uh, that sounds like a great script and it's hilarious too. I think that there's a number of good movies from, you know, growing up that you're like i could do a version of that now and just like kind of subtract the more problematic parts and it would work it'd be great uh different times um (laughs) so what is a recent accomplishment that you're proud of it could be screenwriting related but it doesn't have to be um i would say just finishing this season of abbott working on 22 episodes of television um yeah i'm proud of that it was a grind but we did i can't it. <laughs> imagine i really can't imagine that's so awesome um yeah so like i wanted to talk about abbott a little more just like um i mean i guess like how how many people are in the room there are, I want to say, and I'm sorry, Abbott writer, if I miscount you, but I'm pretty, it's 11 of us. Uh-huh. And then we have three support staff and two, our writers, assistant and script coordinator also wrote scripts this season. So they're also writers in the show. Cool. And then like when you, when you all get together at like the beginning of a new season, is it just like, I'm just kind of wanting like the inside baseball of what it's like to be in a, a legitimate TV writer's room. 
uh are you like are is it like kind of a massive pitch session in the beginning just like throwing out ideas and what or does the show runner come in with certain ideas that um are going to happen and now the writers need to come together and help it happen like how does that usually go whenever you're starting a brand new season yeah it's a little bit of both Quinta will come in with ideas that she definitely wants to see this season and then Mm -hmm. otherwise it's open season for anyone to just throw out what pitches they've come up with over the break or what they have and and because we've been doing this for now two seasons we still we have a document of pitches that we still haven't gotten to despite having 22 episodes this season so the list just keeps getting longer and longer and longer but Mm -hmm. we um we bring in uh, teachers to talk to us from Philly about what's going on. So we get oh, a lot of ideas awesome. from them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it, it's fun. I think I, I never realized how fun it would be in all the workshops and training. I, I think they they train you to feel like it's going to be a very grueling experience. And I mean, it is hard work, but I, yeah. you know, what's that saying? Is it whatever you're not? What is it if you're having fun? It's well, whatever. I oh, messed that um, up. <laughs> is is it like if you're having fun, you never work a day in your life or whatever yeah. it is? Yeah, yeah, something like that. We, we, yeah. You guys get it. People listening, <laughs> don't act like you don't get it. You get it. Uh, no, that's uh, yeah, that's so cool. Um, I really love that that added authenticity, like the care for authenticity of bringing in Philly teachers to come and talk to you and just like you know share their experience. Um. So does that happen, like, has it happened in season one and season two that you've done that, like, get a refresher, like, bringing in some Philly teachers? Yeah, I think I missed, they brought them in in season one, and I think I might have been on set or off on script, so I missed that moment, but we didn't do it early in the season, but this season two we did in the beginning, so I think that's how we'll do it going forward. Yeah, gotcha. Um, And then, like, whenever so these episodes are shooting as you're continuing to write episodes like you don't write a whole season and then begin shooting right i'm no. I'm such a newbie about how <laughs> the real tv process works yeah the writer's room starts up a few months before the show goes into production so i guess for last season, season two we started in april and then they started filming in i want to say june june or okay. july got it and, and then, then we, you're you're continuing to write through those months. Yes, we finished yeah. at the end of January. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of overlap time. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, and then your job is story editor. Could you kind of like expand on that about what that is? Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 edit, you, edit, you edit story, but like you know what what's like some of the like details of that job? I, I don't edit story. I think it's just the name. Uh, oh, it's so, a misleading yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, you know, the first level is staff writer. So story level is the next story editor is the next level up. And you essentially do the same thing. You're still a writer on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think just you should be more responsible now that you are, you have that staff writer skill set, but it's still just mm-hmm. writing on the show. And I think Avid is a great show in that we don't labels or titles are not that important as to what we do on the day to day on the show. We're all yeah. able to do pretty much the exact same thing. So yeah. we all contribute the same amount and it doesn't matter what level you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, story editor is just like the, the sophomore of being in the writer's room. <laughs> Okay, cool. That's like a great clarification for me um, and maybe some other newbie TV people out there. But um, yeah, that's cool. And I love it. That sounds like it's a really like chill environment, too, that it's not like, you know, the hierarchy isn't like super in place and don't ever talk to this person if you're only this person. And yeah, because that that's like something they I remember learning about that in film school and film sets can be like that as opposed maybe to the dynamics of a TV writer's room, but I'm sure there's shows out there where the writer's room is like that. And maybe it kind of, you know, isn't ideal, but um, I remember hearing the film, the stories about that in film school from professors of like, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a grip, then you never talk to, you know, the DOP or whatever. You don't, you don't do that. And uh, I, you know, I direct only short films, just kind of getting my feet wet, trying and um, I really want to build an environment on sets that, and I've tried so far where it's just like not, and like, you know, the best idea wins and uh, whoever has it, like literally the ending of the last short film I did was just like 
too too expensive and technical and we were like shit i don't know how we're gonna pull that off and we were just meeting at the location and talking about it ahead of filming and our gaffer had a really good idea an alternative idea that basically did the same thing that my ending was trying to accomplish cheaper easier you know why not and uh we ended up doing it and it worked out great and like i just think that you know I don't know. I think that it's good for maybe younger or newer filmmakers to just hear, hear stories about that and maybe just try to like not follow in the footsteps of some of like the auteur stories where they were just absolute monsters to work with. And like, you know, it's just like, you can still be a nice person and, uh, and be do I'm like, I'm sure, you know, Quinta seems like she's great. And uh, it sounds like she's built a great environment with her show. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's awesome to hear that because the show, the vibes of the show are so good that it would be really disappointing to learn, you know, like that, uh, that the behind the scenes stuff, you know, coming out years later, it's like, oh, it wasn't nice because there's been shows like that and movies like that where the movie's so endearing and sweet. And then you hear horror stories from the set and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm always so happy that Avid is where I landed. And I think just Quinta, Justin Halpern, and Patrick Schumacher are the, the showrunners, and they mm-hmm. did such a good job of creating an environment that is warm, safe. I think our, uh, you know, everyone can contribute. And I think not just the writers, like I said, the writers, PA writes out, helps out their outlines. Um, yeah. The intern we had over the summer, she contributed like a, my episode egg drops we couldn't we had to change the name of the clothing line that came from our intern uh forever oh, bitch awesome. apparel so like <laughs> what um, was it forever bitch oh that's amazing <laughs> yeah shout out to chelsea <laughs> yeah shout out chelsea that's so cool to hear that an intern got an idea in on the show that's fucking rad I, i'm sure that doesn't happen often um Uh, Okay, so we have gotten to the point where I want to know, we've kind of covered this a little bit during the episode, but just as a final thing, what are a few words of advice that you would give to your fellow screenwriters out there, especially to those just getting started? Um, Make sure you're writing, writing. uh, That's number one. Mm -hmm. met people who kind of put the cart before the horse and they want to meet with executives and everything like what do you have written and it's like i haven't started that process yet so i think you know focus on that and it'll take some time um read read screenplays so you know what's good read bad ones so you know what's bad Mm -hmm. learn the business read the trades just always be ready and i think the industry right now is in a state where no one knows what's going to happen but you can only control what you can so i think while people wait to see what's going to happen if they're going to be a strike if screaming is going to ruin everything but you can write your scripts you can write your pilots and then when the opportunity comes you'll be ready so i think that's what happened with me and it took a while so if you listen to this whole thing my journey took exactly 10 years for me to get to Abbott. so i am not an overnight success whatsoever Yeah, um, yeah. You just That's have to amazing. keep going and you never know. I think I was on the cusp of moving away from LA before I got into the WB program and I got my manager and it all happened September, 2020. And then by June, 2021, I was a, a writer on an amazing show. So you never know what will happen if you keep going. <laughs> That is so inspiring. And I think that that's, you know, weirdly, I watched like this, like dumb little inspirational video on um, Instagram earlier. And Michael B. Jordan was talking about how like a lot of times people give up right when they're on the cusp of because that's when it gets the hardest of whatever it is you're chasing and you just got to stay with it. And it's so funny to hear that that is exactly precisely your experience um and like you you know with 10 years i'm in my eighth year and only in the last year have things really started to happen at all for me so like and i'm at the very beginning but yeah it's it takes a long time it it really does Mm -hmm. like at least you know seven to ten years some people may be quicker and we hate them but uh (laughs) you know no just kidding but uh but yeah anyway yeah that's a great inspiring story that's so awesome and you just started out as you know a writer in detroit just chasing the dream. And now here you are in LA writing for Abbott. Uh, so cool. Joya, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Andy. 
All right, y'all. That was episode 28. I want to thank Joya McCrory. Oh, wait, I forgot to say it. All right, y'all. Episode 28 is in the books. I want to thank Joya McCrory for coming on the show. And um, yeah, it was a great episode for telling us about, you know, being in the WBTV Writers Workshop, working on Abbott, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, really cool having her on. Really a pleasure. Like I said, I'm kind of an Abbott super fan at this point. Um, so that was really, really cool. Uh, guys, if you want to say something nice about this episode or something mean, but preferably nice, uh, shout us out on Twitter or Instagram at Social Writer Pod. Love the interaction. Love hearing your guys' thoughts on the episodes, honestly. So, yeah, please give us a shout. Um, if you want to donate to the podcast, you can. There's a link in my link tree to do that. And if you want to, please go check out CAPTCHA. Go check out Ethan and Edna. Um, subscribe to my YouTube channel, please. Uh, I want to try to grow that a little bit and just see what fun I can have doing, um, like, filmmaking. Uh, not how-tos, but just, you know, informative filmmaking videos. So that's it, guys. I really appreciate you listening. Um, I've been losing my mind trying to juggle a lot of plates, so like I'm actually really proud of myself for getting this podcast done. Um, and just bear with me, you know, if the, po- if, if the episodes slow down, I'm sorry. I'm trying my best. Um, if someone gives me $100,000 once a year to do this podcast once a week, I will do it, but only for 100 k a year. Um, and until that happens, it might be a little more sporadic. I uh, appreciate you guys listening. Love you guys. Take care of yourselves. Have fun writing. Talk about writing with other writers. You know, exchange scripts. Have a good time. Get eight hours of sleep. Drink some water. Eat some vegetables. Eat some fruits. Eat some cookies. Okay, guys. Bye bye. Social Screen Podcast. The Social.